Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Lopez, as always. Before I get started, by the time you hear this episode, the Heat-Knicks Game 1 will already be over and the Warriors-Kings 7-game series would be concluded. Before I get started, there's a new Jimmy Butler batman theme hype video that I created using sounds made from... They were made from scratch from a creator that gave me his trusted work to use and the awesome thumbnail that you'll see on the video was also made by another creator. Uh, he lent me some help as well with the thumbnail, so all of the credit to them was given in the description if you want to check their stuff out. The link is in the show notes for the video. If you're looking for my reaction to the Miami Heat vs. Bucks disaster series, which I obviously got completely wrong, along with some unforeseen circumstances that obviously happened in the series along the way. I did a video reaction episode with two of my friends at a different location while my place is still being remodeled. Uh, the link is also in the show notes for that episode. For anyone interested in watching me, you know, kick it back with some friends, we were having some drinks and talking about that series. It was a lot of fun. It was about like 35 minute episode. Um, I was thinking of putting the audio version of it on Spotify. Um, you definitely just want to watch it. Um, there's some video editing, obviously. There's there's footage of the games and things like that along the conversation. So, time to talk some NBA. Uh, obviously, it's been a while. I think it's been about a week and change since the last episode. The remodel really made it just hard for me to get that kind of thing done, just trying to record episodes. But Cavs-Knicks, the series went as expected in terms of how ugly the series was going to be, how grimy it was, the slugfest, you know, just ugly performances here and there, just due to hard-nosed basketball. I did say that this would be, you know, this would shape up to be like a mid-2000s-ish style of a series, and we got exactly that, but what I didn't expect was to watch the Cavs run into a wall and lose in a five-game series with home court advantage. On their side. So it was taken away immediately in game one by the Knicks. Cavs just looked like the worst 50 win team of all time. They literally got hit by a New York Knicks truck. Just a bright orange and blue, you know, whatever the color would be for a Knicks truck. And I gotta give credit to the Knicks because they came out of an ugly game after ugly game as winners and it speaks to the resilience of that team it speaks to Tom Thibodeau's coaching experience who clearly outcoached JB Bickerstaff he benched Julius Randle in a fourth quarter in that series which proved to be huge and I told you guys when I did the trade deadline pod that Josh Hart was a sleeper trade and I told you guys if for any of the Knicks fans on that trade deadline pod that the Knicks fans were going to be happy and they were going to fall in love with Josh Hart he was awesome in this series and RJ Barrett who looked awful to start the series he played big time from the middle and on and never looked back Julius Randle didn't have a good series but he's such a tough cover for Mobley and Allen because of just how physical and aggressive he is even if he's having a bad game he doesn't care he's just gonna keep going putting his head down getting to the rim getting foul calls getting rebounds he probably shouldn't have gotten and you have Mitchell Robinson who looked good as well just being the great rebounder he is and shot-altering pest that he can be. You know, but the story for the Knicks, in my opinion, and probably everyone else's, it's not even going out on a limb, Jalen Brunson was the story for the Knicks. He was the best player in the series, and I expected that to be Donovan Mitchell, but Brunson got where he wanted, when he wanted, and everything the Knicks needed from him 
I mean, they got everything they needed from Jalen Brunson. The Knicks needed everything from him to come out of this series as winners, and they did. You know, Jalen Brunson setting the tone offensively, making hard buckets, really making the Cavs try everything, but nothing worked to stop him. And the funny thing is, like everyone else in this series, the percentages for Brunson weren't even good. You know, I'm looking at 43% from the field, 29% from three, but he was a plus 32 for the series, which tells you everything you need to know about his impact, not only on the Knicks, since getting to the Knicks, but in the series, just such an impactful player. I picked the Cavs to win this series because I figured they have two elite defensive bigs in terms of rim protection. That would have proved to be a big problem for the Knicks in a game where neither team shoots well from three. So, you know, it would make it hard for the Knicks to get good looks everywhere else. And they also had what I thought to be the best player in the series in Donovan Mitchell. He had a bad series. You look at his traditional stats, like points, rebounds, assists, and you think he did his job. But those numbers don't tell you the real picture. They don't paint that picture. 43% from the field, 28.9% from three. Yuck. 19 turnovers, 72% from the free throw line. It was such a bad series for Mitchell. And I'm going to say this about the Cavs pick, right? My Cavs pick before the series started. I overlooked the lack of experience from the two of the best, from two of the Cavs' three best players. You know, Garland had a 10-point game in Game 3 where he was playing through an ankle injury because he had stepped on a cameraman by accident, but that was a meltdown game for him. But I still think Garland had a better series than Mitchell. But part of that is because the Knicks were just more focused on Mitchell than anyone else. You know, uh, Garland just time and time again, you know, open three, open three. Um, so he had a good game. I think he, or I'm sorry, a good series. I think he had a better series than than um, than Donovan Mitchell. Mobley just had a really bad first playoff series and people are upset about it, but we have to give young guys room to grow. It was literally, it's year two for Evan Mobley. He looks small, right? He couldn't make easy baskets. The Knicks, just tough bodies, just really gave him hell. The last part of this Cavs meltdown series that I want to put out there, it's the first playoff series for Mobley and Garland, right? Who are the core part of the Cavs. So I just thought they were such a great team in the regular season. They were like 7-0 in overtime games, and they were number one in defensive rating. They had Donovan Mitchell at the helm, plus home court advantage. So all of those things tell you the Cavs should have won. You know, but the Knicks, they gained a ton of respect from me. And they really look like a team that can make the conference finals with Milwaukee out of the way now. You know, but Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, they're going to have something to say about that today at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you know, quick thoughts before watching this Heat-Knicks series. This is going to be another slugfest, another grimy series for the Knicks that they find themselves in. It's going to be a grind of a series for both teams. They both play hard. They're both well-coached. This is going to be like a mid-2000s scoreline of a series. You know, we're going to see some ugly games, but they're all going to be fun. And I can't wait to watch Heat-Knicks. You know, you get Pat Riley... You get, obviously, Jeff Van Gundy out there, right? Um, just calling games. And you have, obviously, Tom Thibodeau versus Jimmy Butler. You have Alonzo Mourning in there, obviously. It's just a lot of connections between the Heat and the Knicks. It's really going to be a, a really fun series. It's such a coin flip series in terms of not knowing which Heat team is going to come to play. Is it the one we saw in the first round where it's just Jimmy versus the world? Is it 
you know, bursts of help from the role guys? Or is it going to be a Miami Heat deep playoff run that nobody saw coming except for the Heat fans themselves, right? And they just get to a conference finals. Just got the alert, though. Julius Randle's not going to play game one. So that sucks. But, you know, still can't wait for game one. Lakers officially boot the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies out of the playoffs. But it was an expected series. Like, I'm getting DMs like, oh, yeah, you know, Lakers so good. Lakers so great. Guys, they're playing a beat-up John Morant. They played a beat-up Grizzlies roster that was so undersized. No Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark. You get a meltdown from Dylan Brooks, obviously, after poking the LeBron bear. And, you know, the true challenge for the Lakers is going to come in round two. You know, I wasn't afraid of those Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I did mention, obviously, the series could have gone either way, you know. And the Lakers showed a couple of games that, that, people, that people were expecting from the Lakers, right? Some bad ones, just awful ones, where they just don't show up, you know. And the Grizzlies having home court advantage in that series... That's why people were also thinking the Lakers would be out. Uh, I thought the Lakers would beat the Grizzlies, uh, so I wasn't surprised by this, you know? I mean, like I said, they were playing a beat-up Grizzlies team. So, you know, the true challenge, like I said, round two, whether it's the Kings or the Grizzlies. And speaking of Kings-Grizzlies, seven-game series that I thought would go six. Game seven is today, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time at Sacramento. I'm going to go with the Warriors in a high-pressure environment game where we need the best of everyone to win. I trust Steph. I trust Clay. I trust Draymond. I trust Wiggins, Looney, Steve Kerr. Poole is always going to be an X Factor, but you never know what you're going to get with him. Um, can the Young Kings win in their first ever Game 7 together at home? Right? The energy is going to be crazy from the fans at Sacramento. Warriors, if they want to win this game, they have to start strong. They have to be solid to start the game. You need to keep the crowd under control as much as possible because if you get off to a bad start, it is a mountain to climb, especially at Sacramento. Those fans are going to be out of control. Warriors already took one on the road, and they've been awful on the road all year. Can they take a second one? This isn't your average second road game. This is game seven. You know, uh, like I said, I, I will pick the Warriors. I, I value experience. Um, I just think the the better the better player in Steph, right? The best player in the series. He's I tr I trust him. He hasn't been great in clutch moments in his career, but but I trust Steph. You know, I I, tr I just trust the Warriors. I uh, want to move on to the next one here, Celtics Hawks. It was a really good series. It was really fun. I was right in terms of predicting a six game series. Everyone else was saying it was going to be a sweep. And the two things that I told you guys came true. The Celtics had a cold game, right? Where they got out-rebounded in as well. That was one game for the Hawks. And then the Hawks had a crazy shooting night, right? A couple of those, right? But one of those obviously came out in a win. So it was a great six-game series for all the rumors about potential Trey Young trade in the offseason, which we still don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, DeJounte Murray got suspended from a game. Trey had great moments that remind you he does have a ton of value for a team in terms of playmaking, shot making, uh, creating fouls off of contact, making his free throws all the time. He never misses floaters. The Hawks have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. Do they move away from DeJounte Murray already, who had some bad moments, but overall, he had a really good series. He made every free throw in this series. I think he only took nine, though. 
Um, 37% from three, which is above league average, which is solid for him. Um, he averaged 23, seven and seven, basically, right? 6.8 assists, you know, but I'm rounding that. So 23, seven and seven, that's really good. Do they keep it together? You know, do they keep the team together? Obviously with Quinn Snyder, who came along late in the season, maybe they want to try a training camp and a few games to start the year before making changes. I really like this Hawks team. I think they were just poorly coached throughout the year, you know? And I want to see what it looks like under a full training camp with Quinn Snyder. When I say they were poorly coached, I'm talking about not, I'm not talking about Quinn Snyder. So I also told you guys, John Collins is just good. So many people around me, they tell me the Hawks have to move him, that he's no good, he's this, he's that. Go look at the last two games in that series. Game five, game six were a display of what he can do if you involve him, you know? So often the Hawks kind of just, you know, don't get him involved. But when he's involved, game five, 22 points, 50% from the field, elite, 44% from three, four for nine, right? From three. And then game six, he gets 16 points. He's blocking shots, 75% from the field, uh, three for four from three, just doing a little bit of everything. I love John Collins. He can protect the rim. He can get up and down if you want to go small. He can space the floor if he gets enough touches. He can shoot in the mid-range. He can also make free throws. 83% from the free throw line in this series. That's huge. That's huge, you know? And I want to move on, obviously. That's, you know, the Hawks, like I said, they've got some, some thinking to do. Uh, Clippers versus Suns. It was an awesome, entertaining series, but it was cut short in terms of seeing both teams at their peak once Kawhi was officially done for the playoffs because of a torn meniscus, some people calling for Kawhi's retirement. They're upset that he missed so many games like me, obviously, that, you know, load management all year long in the regular season. And then he just goes down in the playoffs anyways, you know, but he looked like the best player in the series uh, outside of Devin Booker. Um, Kawhi was awesome in the games he played, but Clippers, like some other teams that were bounced early, they also have a lot of thinking to do. It's always the same story at the end of their playoff runs. Oh, well, if we had PG, if we had Kawhi, you know, it's always the same thing. Bottom line is you never have the both when you need them most. And a report came out not long after that series that they're still keeping PG and Kawhi, right? They're still keeping that duo together. But believing a report like that with so much time in between the next season would be foolish. Things change. We don't know how, how the series, how serious Kawhi's health situation is, you know, but the Clippers showed so much heart and they really played well without their best players. Russ didn't have a great efficient series, which we know is going to happen, but he had huge winning moments and he somewhat revitalized the narrative on himself. You know, bottom line, Suns got away with not having to play a super difficult series. Even without Paul George, that looked like it was going to go seven. You know, before Kawhi went down. That's what I'll say about that one. I'm going to have a Denver Nuggets versus Phoenix Suns pod on the next episode, along with today's Sunday games, and also previewing the Sixers-Celtics uh, historical rivalry between two cities that goes way, way back. And that's going to be a fun series also. It's going to be a, really a tale of, of two, I want to say opposites, you know? they a, Just a big in Joel Embiid. You know, what's going to happen? I don't want to give away too much of my thoughts because I want that to be a pod in itself. I wanted to drop a quick pod here uh, before the series starts. Um, you know, those are my quick thoughts on the first round games. That's going to do it for this episode. 
This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Oh,